We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast and remember you can always subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast google play tune in stitcher or spotify and of course you can always check us out at cheeseheadtv.com I'm Kyle Fellows, and you will hear from myself, Andrew Mertig, and Maggie Loney throughout this entire episode. But today's episode is pretty unique. We have the privilege of interviewing Packer fans from all over the world. If you spend any time on Twitter at all, it's easy to see that Packer fandom is a global fandom. People bleed green and gold from all over the world. And so today we want to spend a little time helping you get to know some of these international fans and hear them share their experience of what it's like following a team that's based in the Midwest of the United States while living somewhere completely different. So uh, we have a few of these interviews for you. You're going to enjoy this. We had a lot of fun doing it. So hang tight, sit back and relax and listen to these fantastic interviews from all over the globe and Packers fans from everywhere. But to kick things off today, I am joined by Sven Christensen, and he's at Horizons underscore INC on Twitter. And Sven, I'm really excited to talk with you today. I want you, I know that I did not get your name the way that you would pronounce it there. Will you help me uh, just tell me how you would pronounce your name? Uh, Sven Christiansen, I would say. Very good. I like it. This is so <laughs> cool. Uh, honored to have you on the show today. Really excited for our conversation. Um, wait, tell us a little bit about where you're from, uh, give us some specifics and tell us how long you've lived there and what it's been like. Okay. I'm original, uh, I, I'm from Germany. I moved, uh, up and down in Germany from like the middle part to up in the North part, back to, back to here. I'm right now in a city called Leverkusen, which is near to Cologne, like a bigger city that some might heard of because of a big cathedral and stuff like that. Um, I'm here, um, I'm resided here because of my ex-wife right now, okay. and um, I'm still living here because of my kids. Otherwise, I would have like, moved back to up north to Hamburg, which some of you might heard most surely of. Yeah. And um, uh, whatever, yeah. I'm, I'm living in Germany for 
basically all of my life. But I have been outside in like uh, all of Europe. I had been uh, with touring bands. Like okay. I was like into the music scene. Very so I've cool. seen a lot. I've seen a lot of places all over Europe. Been to the US only once, okay. uh, and it was not like uh, football. Football wise was more music uh, scene wise. Okay. Um, but, what part uh, of the what part of the U.S. did you visit when you were just, just California, <laughs> California? Okay, all right. Andrew Mertig is from California, and we give him a hard time because he's from the Midwest, but he he joined the West Coast over there. But uh, very cool. I'm glad you've been to the U.S. Uh, uh, sounds like you've had you know quite uh, a tour of Europe there. That's pretty neat as well. How did you become a Green Bay Packers fan? Like being from Germany. Obviously, you know, now the NFL is making an effort to get games to Europe and those kinds of things. That, that last year, there was one in Germany. Help me. Where was that game at last year? That was in Munich. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So they made which, those efforts. How, how did... Tampa, Tampa Bay against the Seahawks. Yes. Okay. Were you able to go to that game by any chance? No, 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 I wasn't. Okay. Wasn't. There right. were like, like three, mil, 3 million applications for like oh my a stadium gosh. of 80,000 people. That's crazy. Yeah, you don't even think about some of that stuff when, you know, they're just like, yeah, there's a game in, in Germany. How many people would like to take that in? That's so cool. But how did you become a Green Bay Packers fan being from Germany? Yeah, we have to go back in time. Um, like I'm over 50 years now. Okay. And it was like uh, the, the first Super Bowl uh, televised in, in Germany that you could legally see on German TV. If you lived to uh, um, Air Force bases or something like that, we had like these uh, these big bases of American soldiers. If you lived okay. like that, uh, next to that, you were able to see AFN, what's it called? I think the, the TV station for for American forces. Okay. Um, People living close to that were able to see uh, football before, but like the first on German TV televised game was in 1988. And uh, friends of mine, couple of friends of mine, we were like interested in American culture back then, like rock and roll music and uh-huh. watching all these movies like Ferris Bueller and stuff like that. <laughs> and so we we thought, yeah, there's this game of the American culture, like. Let's let's sit down and have and, and watch this, and we were all pretty excited to to see that and watch that. And uh, um, as I said, it was like the first game, and there was like no information at all about anything. <laughs> we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what was going to happen there, and it uh, yeah, and it dragged out like four hours or whatever it was, and like so many turnovers. We didn't understand it about it, but it was like so interesting and we were like into so so much of this american culture thing uh that we tried to to convince each other to learn about more of, about the football game okay um and so so we gave like homework to one one of the other that like everyone picks up something and which like we were in the 80s but before the internet we all had to go to libraries and uh, or international bookstores and stuff and pick up the international newspapers. Um, so we like educated each other through through the whole thing. That's awesome. And then one time at, in this part of my life, there was a local store was selling NFL related stuff. And we were like all going to there, like five or six people that we were, and everyone picked a different team. Okay. 
And my nickname actually starts with a G. So my okay. nickname is, is Gonzo, like the Muppet guy. Okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, yeah, I like the coloring and I like the G on the hat that I bought. Okay, very cool, very so cool. That gave me the opportunity and for my homework to learn about the Green Bay Packers. And so I went into libraries, like I said, and international newspapers. And then I learned, uh, I was very much into um, grassroots politics and stuff back then. Okay. Uh -huh. So I, I learned that the Packers are the only organization that it's owned by the community. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and that's already hooked me up or totally yeah. inside that. And only then after that, I learned about the history, I learned about mm -hmm. Curly, I learned about uh, Vince and stuff like yes. that. Yes. The two Super Bowls, the first two two Super Bowls, and all the other sure. titles they had previously. So I said, "Yeah, that's my team. That's that's, that's kind. Of, that's if I if I'm going to join in on this uh, on the, on this sports, that's totally my my kind of team." That's fantastic. I love it. I mean, you you bought a hat because it had a G on it, and yeah. then you learned about you know the history and the background and those kinds of things. I was I grew up in Michigan, so I'm not native to Wisconsin or Green Bay. And I you know it wasn't it wasn't the hat, but someone gave me a cheese head when I was seven years old. Okay, and that's how I kind of began uh, my journey towards the Packers. So it's funny. Yeah, it what starts with, it starts with the hat. <laughs> yeah, something, something small. Something starts with the hat. So what I mean that you kind of gave the the beginnings there. What is your actual first Packers memory as far as like watching a game or uh, something along those lines? Uh, yeah. Um, German TV station just continued just showing the Super Bowl for some years. Okay. And maybe just the championship games before. Okay. So I had to receive to wait some, some while. I mean, uh, when was the first championship game? That they reached in the 90s, uh, one year prior to winning the Super Bowl. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Don't remember exactly. Yep. But, 96 I mean, is the season that they ended up winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's, uh, so. that's, that's, that's the first, like, really okay. game I, I really saw. And, like, maybe the championship game before. So I don't okay. really recall them playing, seeing them playing. I'm just reading all the articles that I could. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, I. I probably picked up, I don't remember exactly, but I probably picked up the Sentinel somewhere so I could so <laughs> yeah. I could read what, what's happened in the games or something. Uh -huh. um, but actually seeing them play live on a game, uh, that was only like in the mid-90s. So I was okay. actually a Packers fan for like six or five years mm -hmm. prior to that without watching the games. I, I picked up some football, but not, like watching couldn't, couldn't yeah. watch pickers no we we, sure. we we were going to local football games there was like uh, some local uh, uh, clubs that we could go see and i moved and i could see another place go see other places and they had the things uh, called the uh, nfl europe mm -hmm. that was over here where the nfl had the summer league okay where they actually where they actually sent like kurt warner and stuff yeah, like that yeah. yes so that was like, but this was like later in the 90s. But by, before, from like becoming a Packers fan to like actually seeing a game, it, was, it must have yeah. been five to six years. That's amazing. So what was the name of that team 
the Germany team. Was it was it the fire for the NFL? The Rheinfire. That's right. Yeah. Düsseldorf Rheinfire. Düsseldorf is like actually a town that's like very close here to Cologne. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and we have now like again the European League of Football, which is like uh, yeah, something more commercialized. It was okay. like in between in between uh, the disbanding of the NFL Europe. Yeah. And that it was like oh like traditional sports teams that try to arrange a, mm-hmm. a, a league and then they now try to be more like commercializing and they picked up they picked up some of the of the names of the former teams like the Rhine fire uh-huh. the hamburg, hamburg sea devils the frankfurt okay. Gal- the frankfurt galaxy they picked this uh, they were allowed to pick the because the names still are still owned by the nfl okay gotcha but they, they allowed them to uh, to pick up the names again Okay, that's so cool. They, that's the summer league they actually played. I watched a game by the uh, Galaxy Galaxy against uh, Sea Devils. I watched today. Okay, that's amazing. That's so cool. Um, so I mean, obviously, a lot of things have happened between the mid '90s and where we are today. So, what does a typical game day look like for you, like today in 2023? Like, what what's accessible to you? Like, what are you able to take in as a as a Packers fan and an uh, NFL fan? Yeah. Outside, outside of the U.S., yeah, uh, fans are pretty spoiled because, like, the, uh, the NFL International Game Pass mm. allows us to watch like any game we want. Okay. Uh, I mean, in the U.S., you have to buy exp- mo- most expensive like this ticket and that ticket and yeah. like, <laughs> Directv before and whatever like it is. Yeah. And um, for a price of like I think one hundred eighty dollars. Uh, we can in uh, outside of the US you can uh, watch this international game pass so you can watch like every game and, like, oh my every every NFL documentary and like stuff like that that's awesome so we're like pretty much spoiled in, in terms of of that yeah. for what the accessibility accessibility is like uh, the German TV stations um, they adopted like uh, to this in the I think last past 10 years mm-hmm. so that on so not on that's uh, like the game pass is like just all streaming but the tv stations adopted for like 10 years it was always possible to see the super bowl and what i said championship games and maybe some highlight games in between mm-hmm. um, they were switching between some of the tv's uh, channels in like from the 90s to the early 2000s but like in the late 2000s early 2010s like there was uh, one major TV channel who picked up and make uh, made this like more event stuff that uh, always was televised. They always showed two of the uh, Sunday games um, on the uh, on the actual TV. Plus, some more were were streamed or uh, was streaming services. Okay. And um, yeah, typically Dame Gay is like yeah from like not always having this this game pass uh but like you see what kind of game is on there and see what what you can what you can get and if see if you might be really in uh into like watching the Packers game mm-hmm. maybe having like a weekly uh, a weekly um weekly pass for that game mm-hmm. and always it's always in the evening here it's like yeah i was going to ask we're like, what we like 10 at 10 to 10, like here in the evening, uh-huh. 10 minutes before, the, and always starts here in uh, 7 p.m. 
Okay. Okay. The game. So it's like, it's usually like an evening, evening event because you make like, yeah. you do your, all your fancy food, meet up with friends and stuff like that. Yeah. And in the past years, uh, we created like, uh, or I've been, I, I, jo I joined a group, uh, a, a Facebook group where I'm a moderator. So a typical game day would like having like previews and setting okay, up uh, cool. a, game, a, a game day thread and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, then preparing some food, even it's becoming even a staple with my kids. Uh -huh. like, when they know here they are on a Sunday with me, um, they always, uh, are looking forward to having like football, a football uh, evening, something. That's awesome. With so all the food and stuff like that. So you probably hate Monday night football and Sunday night football, right? Like, because that's like in the middle of the night for you, right? Like that's you, yeah, that's like uh, two a.m. in the night or something. Yeah. Do you just wait till the next day, or if it's a Packers game, do you stay up like in the middle of the night? Then I'm I'm like a night owl, so okay. <laughs> for me it's like perfectly fine. Okay. Um, I, I try to catch them all. Um, yeah. Not like the Thursday game. Uh -huh. <laughs> no. The Thursday yeah. game's always been a drag, but uh, if the if the Packers happen to play a Thursday game, what they rarely do, I, uh -huh. I can't remember if the one they played in the last couple of years. Yeah, maybe know. once or twice, but not a lot. Yeah. Uh, but they had a lot of like Sunday and Sunday uh, and Monday night games. Um, mm -hmm. And I was was looking forward to that because that's on another street. That's on a line, another streaming service that, uh, that I uh, always have because they also have like soccer and stuff like that. I'm watching, mm -hmm. so uh, it wouldn't cost me extra. So I was always looking forward. If the uh, I'm at the me personally, I was looking forward if the Packers would have a night game mm -hmm. because I paid for that anyway. So uh -huh. That was that was very cool for me. But yeah. Uh, it's hard to catch all this night game for, sure. for the people over here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. I'm going to give you a few more rapid fire really quick. Just yeah. what, what is your favorite Packers memory of all time? I mean, you've got years, years collected here, but what's your favorite one? If you had to pick one. Yeah, I have to pick up the, uh, the Super Bowl with Farver and the 96, okay. 96 okay. season Super Bowl. But on another edition, I live here in the town of Leverkusen and Equinemius and Brown. That's where oh. his mom. That's where his mom is from. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah. And, and actually, this the draft. Um, I still live with my family or with my kids and my ex-wife. Yeah. And um, his grandma lived like two roads against. Oh wow! We lived, like across of the uh, from the soccer field where he and his brothers always were in the summer when they when they were visiting grandma. Yeah, when were, yeah. When when we were playing that, so I was like, uh, yeah, attend, uh, like, like following the draft along. Mm -hmm. It was, don't know, four in the night or something. Yeah, <laughs> I was reading, scrolling to to, to Twitter. I don't know yeah. when, if it was uh, like a transmission or something, but it, at least I was like on Twitter following it, and and I see they. I knew that he was on the draft, and I see that this was he was he went to my team. Yeah, <laughs> that I've been following, and I was like sitting just a few meters away from his grandma's. It was awesome. This was like the awesomest moment. Although he didn't do well, very well with sure. the Packers. I mean, we have to sure. say that he didn't yeah. do very well with the Packers. I was like, this was like, boom, boom. and uh, after that, I um. 
I put on some messages on Facebook and some Facebook groups, like some local groups, like uh, uh -huh. for Leverkusen. And his mom contacted me. Oh, wow. So I had like a chit chat with his mom after that. Oh, that's crazy. That's so yeah. cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you, like there are serious storylines and things to be excited about even late in the draft. And, you know, obviously Equinemius was a big, a big one that, you know, a lot of fun to see come to Green Bay. And some of those injuries, I think, derailed him a little bit. I don't know if he'll get any traction with the, the Bears where he's at now or or not. But uh, cool, cool story there. Cool family. Um, there's a lot of changes coming for the Green Bay Packers in 2023. Uh, a lot, of course, I don't know if you've heard any of this, but yeah, uh, sure, sure, sure. there's a lot going on, right? Uh, Aaron Rodgers is gone. Love era has begun. What are you most looking forward to in the 2023 season? Yeah, I love to see the, all these changes. I love to see a team that allows uh, Lafleur to show what he really is about. Mm -hmm. I think... As much as I love what Aaron uh, did to the team or did for the team, like, mm -hmm. I mean, he's obviously well deserved for a spell at Hall of Famer. But I always felt like in the last three years, he's holding the team back. Mm. So, like in the, first, in the first year, you just actually saw that, like, the ideas that Lafleur has and what Aaron wants to do with the team were like so many different. In the second year, they came back together and found found out a way. But I think now it's time that we can see if this coach is like that coach we can go on with. Yeah. And uh, I like to see that. And I, I, I like the idea of the style where he comes from. I get this whole Shanahan thing. Yeah. I, I like the idea of the of having an offense like that, like losing using more uh, shortcuts you know, mm. like um, having tight ends involved, more running yeah. backs, more running mm -hmm. back action. I like to see that that kind of style and see if that really is what he is about and mm -hmm. like you can uh, have it with all these right, young wide receivers and stuff like that. So I like to see that. I like to see if we actually uh, can get a return in all the uh, investments we did on defense. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all thought we would have, good, we would have a good defense. So everybody's talking about this. Let's approve it. It's a prove it year for Jordan Love. I think it's a prove it year for Joe Barry also. Mm. So that's, yeah, that's absolutely. <laughs> I would say if you, if there's one term, that's a whole prove it year for the Packers organization on the field for the next year. We will see. Do we have a quarterback? Do we have the offense that we have? Everyone, I, I don't say they, I don't think they will let go of Lafleur or something, but I, I think they might, might, change the defense coordinator, mm. and obviously, um, if Jordan isn't working out, they will change the quarterback. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head there. We're going to learn a lot about the Green Bay Packers in 2023. Yeah. Some of it's going to be good. Some of it might not be. We're going to learn a ton, though, about the direction of this team, where Matt LaFleur wants to take them, um, and what Jordan Love is made of. It's going to be a ton of fun. And this has been a ton of fun. So thank you so much, Sven, for spending the time uh, talking with us a little bit, letting us into what it has been for you to get to know and love the Green Bay Packers. Thanks so much for spending your time talking on the Packaday podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a real pleasure. First off, let's start with yeah. your name and where yeah. you're from and have you always lived there? 
Okay, uh, my name is Fernando Medeiros. I am from Uruguay. I have, I've lived here since I was born. I'm 46 years old right now. And I'm, uh, I, I've been a Packers fan since 1991, uh, when we were not that good as we used to be <laughs> in the latest years, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I want to talk about that. So how did you then become a Packer fan, especially when the team wasn't very good in 91? Yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty funny story. I, uh, on, on 1990, uh, at, at the end of the year, we get uh, cable TV in our, in our house. And we started watching ESPN. And on ESPN, every Sunday night, you have the game that you guys have on uh, CBS, I think, Sunday Night Football. Well, right here, uh, it was in, uh, in ESPN. So I started watching uh, the NFL right there. And uh, I believe it was in mid-1991 that I started watching more uh, seriously or I, I, I was getting all the game and I was starting to understand how it, it was played and, and how uh, the game was all, all about. Because for us, the only thing that we knew about American football was what we could see in the movies, like uh, the quarterback that was a pretty guy and he got all, all the girls and, and all the stuff. But we really didn't understand the game. So I started watching it, I started to understand the rules. <clears throat> and then it happened that I, uh, one of the games, it was Green Bay against Chicago. Perfect. And it was a rainy day and we took a beating. Really, we took a really <laughs> bad beating. It was in Lambo and I was, uh, I couldn't believe how we were losing. It was a pretty awful game for us. And the people in the stands were still shouting, uh, were still jumping and uh, celebrating. And, uh, I, I kind of, of get in love with all that stuff. So uh, it, it was the first time I, I, I saw a cheese head, you know? <laughs> and, and for me, it was like, wow, I, I, I got to know more about this. From, from that day, I can say I'm, I am a, a Packers fan, but it, it, it was something growing, uh, in in next year, in in several years, and it it it, it has a, a pretty uh, special thing with one of my of my neighbors. He was from Detroit. He was a, a Lions fan. Nice. And 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 he was the guy that that told me everything about the Packers. Like they were a team that has no owner. They were a team from a tiny place, a tiny city. Well, he he all uh, he wanted me to to, to be a, a Lions fan, but <laughs> he he couldn't achieve that. But really, he 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 get me into into that stuff. 
and it was funny because he he lived next uh, he lived the door next to to me for five years he was working here in the u.s embassy okay and uh, he he really really gave me a lot of stuff he he gave me a a, a farm jersey i i still got it <laughs> uh yeah he he has a, a a friend a very close friend from the embassy that was from chicago and that that guy gave me uh, a glass uh, i don't have it right now but it was pretty much like this one i have here it's a it's a, a, a packer's uh, glass with 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 the g so that's that's what's really when when i started uh, being a fan and it, it it was really hard for us because you only have one game at uh, one game a week internet was not as we are used to and uh, it was pretty difficult to know about the team to know how it went if we won or if we lose and the only thing you have was something ESPN calls it the 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 fastest minute in, yeah. in the NFL yeah. something like that mm-hmm. I don't know how it's in 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 English because I, I always watch in watch it in in Spanish but it was like uh, they were telling that game when that and they show you one one play so I was waiting like oh yeah we won oh, oh we lose <laughs> and that was was why when I became a fan that's incredible so this isn't actually one of the questions on our list but when you had reached out initially your your Twitter bio mentions that you're the defensive coordinator for the Uruguayan American football team. So can you talk about like yeah. how that started, how long you've been doing that? Is is US football even popular in Uruguay? Is it expanding? Well, not 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 that popular, but yeah, I am it was in 1999. Okay. That I was in the beginning of the of the LUFA. LUFA is the the Uruguayan uh, uh, League of American Football. In our language, is Liga Uruguaya de Fútbol Americano. And it started in 1999. We started playing flag football, but it was kind of different as, as, as the flag football you see today. Today they play five on five and with no contact. <clears throat> but we started playing with flags. But we, we, we used to tackle, we used to block. <laughs> so we started playing like almost American football. And it started on 1999. I, I played flag for three years. Then we had the chance from a donation from the U.S. Embassy to get uh, helmets and shoulder pads. And we started playing tackle football. This was up to, I played up to 2011 when I have a really bad injury and I, and I retired. And I started coaching. I I coached uh, my my team first, and then I uh, I started coaching the under twenty uh, Uruguayan American team. I was also the the defensive coordinator, and then on 2014 I started coaching the defense of the national team, and I've been doing this up to last year, uh, up to the last game we played internationally. That's incredible. What position did you play? I used to play linebacker and tight end. Nice. Okay. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm six, four <laughs> right, right now. I'm like 
to 60. When I used to play, it was 6-4 and 2-40, so I was kind of right on the, on the money to play those two uh, positions. That's awesome. So I'll get into this question then, but first I have to stick to, I have to stick to the script. So what does a typical game day look like for you then? Can you like explain the time zone maybe to fans that are used to central time in Green Bay? Well, for us, it's not that, that difference, that different. So, sorry. Uh, when you, when, when you have central time at noon for us, it's, it's two in the afternoon or maybe three. If uh, we have the the um, the sorry, you you change time uh, and on, on summer time and winter time, yeah. we we don't. So when when you change times goes uh, starting time goes up to three in the afternoon. Okay. So it's not that uh, that bad for us. It was really really awful. I was in the in the London game. I have the chance to to meet uh, Corey and, and and Aaron and Tyler. That's awesome. And yeah, that 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 game was pretty fine because on London time it was at two or three in the afternoon. But the Jets a game that uh, on it was like on on at four, if I don't remember, but it started like ten in the night. And if you have, if, if you play Sunday night, it starts at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. So I have two or three friends from, from England and it's, it's not uh, that nice for them to, to watch the pucker. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's not too bad then. Two or three hours no, it's is not too bad. Um, you, you might've mentioned this a little bit already then, but is your first Packers memory that Packer bears game, or do you have like earlier memories of kind of being a Packers fan or that kind of initial glimpse at seeing the team? No, I think that it's, I mean, in that time, maybe. And if you were lucky, you got one game a year, maybe two, maybe two. So, the only approach that you have to the game was the transmissions on the TV. So I think all, all my memories have some filter that are what I watched on the TV and what this guy, and I, I don't know if he, if, if, if he is going to listen to this, but Ray, thank you. Uh, I just want to do that. Because my, the, the majority of what I know about the Packers or what I know about the history, it comes from that guy. Then I have the chance from internet and from things that I, I have learned uh, from videos, from talking to people, that you learn other stuff and other things. But my, my first approach was, was, was his approach. So I have the, the approach of a Lions fan. <laughs> and I, I, I think it's great because uh, you see the, the, um, the being a fan from another's perspective. So I think it was nice for me. Yeah, that's, that's a really good way to look at it. Did you have a favorite Packers memory? Wow. I have, I have, yeah. I mean, I think Super Bowl from 96, 97 season was was great because it 
as, as I was telling you, it was hard to watch the Packers. So yeah. uh, that uh, postseason was the first time I, I saw the team playing like week after week after week. So I think I, I, I can take that out of, of my, of my memory, but I think one, I, I think I will remember for a long time. I, we lost, but I think it was a great game. It was the game against Atlanta in 2009. Okay. Do, do you, do you remember that ended with a, with a, with a sack fumble from yeah. Rogers? Yeah. That was the, the greatest game I see on TV. Okay. And yeah. for us, for us that, well, I, I have only seen one game of, of Green Bay and, and it was the game I, I saw in London last, last year. So, uh, for us being so, so far from Green Bay and from the United States and, and so far economically also, because it's, it's hard for us to travel. All we, we can remember is we we saw on the TV. Uh, we have the, the the blessing that we have Game Pass right now, and we can watch the games uh, live. Nice. Okay. But up to I think to south 2014, we were in the same spot that I was in 1995. You only get the games you can see on the TV, or you can get to a link on internet, <laughs> not that legal, but yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's right there. Yeah. So that was going to be my next question then, which you answered was, you know, are you able to get games easier? So something I did want to ask you, it is on our list with so many changes coming now around the team. You've obviously seen Favre, you've seen Rogers. What are you most looking forward to about this 2023 season? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, uh, I'm going to talk right now as a coach. I don't know if, if that was, <laughs> no, was what, 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 what you were expecting. Uh, I hope that some of the players will get a, 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 a jump. I think uh, the draft class of last year is gonna is gonna is gonna explode. I think Devontae White is gonna play more. He doesn't have a D. Lowry now. He's gonna be a, a, a wreck in that in that defense. I think the offense is is gonna struggle. 
the first games, I think it's going to struggle. Uh, it's going to be okay because you, got, you have a new quarterback. You have uh, a lot of guys that are playing his first year or his second or, or, or their second year. So I think we're going to see uh, a different kind of, 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 of Green Bay. I think we're going to see the, the true Matt LaFleur offense that we ain't seen Absolutely. yet. Uh, you can say uh, it's, it's not that like that bad what Rogers did to, to that offense, but I think he has his say about that and he modified a lot, mostly in the line of, of scrimmage. So we're going to see the, the pure uh, Madlafleur offense. So I think for us uh, fans, we're going to be more relaxed. We ain't going to expect to be champions next year. We aren't going to expect to win 13, 14, 15 games. If, if it comes, great. But if it doesn't, I think we ain't going to be so stressed. We ain't going to be so uh, upset. And we are going to enjoy the games more than we enjoy it the last two, three years. I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy the off-season more. We, and we'll, we, we won't have uh, all that drama again uh, about uh, our ex quarterback one we are going to have all this i'm going to play i'm not playing i'm i'm going to leave i'm not leaving i'm going to trade I, I don't know i think the team is going to be more focused and i think it's going to be okay it's it's, it's going to be better for us and it's going to be better for the team if we are going to win or not if you want to win much more or much less i don't know uh, I hope we, 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 we can, but really, really, I think no, nobody knows. We can expect to be good. Maybe we can expect maybe competing for the, for the uh, uh, NFC North. I, I, I think uh, maybe the Lions could be a little better than, than we are, but I don't see any any uh, major uh, danger on our division. But as I was saying, nobody knows for sure. All right. So if you put your, your defensive coordinator hat on and your headset, how do you fix Joe Barry's defense? What do you do differently? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to be rude about that, but, I, I'll take Joe Barry out right now. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you can make it work with all the players who had, you get and you get and you got last year and this year, I mean, you ain't the guy for the job. But getting, getting on more on the, on the, on the, on the specifics, uh, if you have some elite players, you have to make them do what they do best, right? Yeah. So I I don't I I I, I really don't don't want to be rude. So I'm 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 thinking my words. <laughs> uh, when you play against uh, Justin Jefferson, you put Jair on, on him 
all day long. If you play against, uh, I don't know, Jared Goff, right? You blitz him all day long because he, can, he, he, he can't play under pressure. If you play against Philly, yeah, you, uh, I don't know how, how, how it's, uh, it's said in, 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 in English, you put a lot of, of, of people in the box so they can run you. They can uh, make what they did to us last year. I mean, what I see about Burry is, is that he hasn't got the, the, um, the feeling of the game that he should have. He, he goes with, with a plan. If it works, great. And if it, don't, if it doesn't, he, he can change uh, in the game. And for a defensive coordinator that it's working in the NFL, he should be more, more uh, intelligent, if I can say that. <laughs> yeah, no, that well said. Really good perspectives. Last question we have for you before we wrap this up. If you could make one change to the NFL as it stands f to enhance the experience for international fans, what change would you make? Oh, well, I, I, I have maybe two, two, two parts on that, yeah. uh, on that answer. For the fans, I think uh, NFL should be played in, 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 in more international games. Uh, what they do in London is great. What they do in Germany is great. What they do in Mexico is great. But if you uh, made a little uh, pull, you will know that there's a lot of NFL fans in other places. I mean, we have really, it, it really, really, really uh, uh, next to us in, in Brazil. Brazil has right now like maybe 30,000 American football players. Wow. Yeah. And they play, uh, they play tackle 11 on 11 and they also play flag football. They were, uh, they were in the American football world cup from IFAF, the last one, and they won like two or three games. So there, there is a, a really big and great, uh, market for the NFL. I know it's not easy to move like a hundred, 200 people from the United States to other countries. I know that some teams doesn't want to, to give up their, their local, their, how would you say like their, their, their home, their, their, home their, their home games. But, uh, I think that the best thing the NFL can do is, uh, look more in the guys that are far from the NFL. Uh, not, not just for the, for the sake of it, but for the, for the universalization of the game. And the other part, you know that they have like one, one program that, that it's called like the international pathway program for players. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we, we have one Chilean guy that is now in Washington. Wow. He's a tight end. And we used to have a guy in Miami that he was Brazilian. 
he was there four years and the guy from Chile is like in the third year is going to start right now. And you have players from all over the world. England has a lot. Yeah, Germany has a lot. They have guys from Nigeria now. We 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 have one guy from Nigeria in the in in, in Green Bay right now. Yep. I don't know if you uh, yeah. So it's gonna be great if they have the same pathway for coaches. It's yep. gonna yeah. I, I think it will be great for the NFL to to get international coaches come uh, learn about the game, learn about the, the little and, 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 and specific stuff. I mean, we have the, the, I have been lucky that I have a very good uh, relationship with some coaches from uh, some universities or some high schools that send us stuff and videos and analysis and, and things. But I think that being there and, and, and living the experience will be great not just for me, for any coach in any place of the world. So I think that's are the two things that I will change. Such a good answer. I, I hate to wrap this up because I feel like I could talk football with you for a very long time, but please give the listeners, you know, your Twitter handle, however they can get in touch with you, follow you. And you said you have a podcast, so feel free to plug that and get some new listeners. Yeah. Well, my, my Twitter handle is, at Nandito Medeiros, it's in it's in in Spanish. Uh, it's N N A N D I T O M A D E I R O S. You can find me there. Uh, I you can find me in in YouTube. Our 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 video podcast is called Cheese Chat. So you can find us there. And uh, if you want to listen talk about Packers in Spanish. We are every Monday at uh, nine. No, well, let me see at seven thirty, seven thirty central time. So you're going to, you, you can watch us there. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for joining. This is awesome. And, you know, we'll see if we can uh, get some, some international coaches to come on to green Bay. Yeah, sure. I don't, I don't know how we'll make it happen, but pack a day will start yeah. a campaign or something to, to get you to Lambo. Okay, Maggie, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity and for a chance to speak with you for all the guys on, on, on the Pacaday podcast. Excellent. And this is Andrew and I am joined this week by Jure Seifert, who is a co-host of a Croatian language podcast, Crow Pack Crow. You can find him on Twitter at Crow Pack Crow Pack Crow. That's kind of hard to say for some reason. Uh, really honored that you join us today. Um, and and so one of the things that we can start off with is, could you just tell us where you are physically located? Have you always been there? Kind of what what's your personal journey? Yeah. Well, first of all, hi everyone, and uh, I'm really happy to, and honored to be to be a guest of Packaday, especially the Friday crew. So yeah, you're right. My name is Yuri. I live in Brussels, not the one in Wisconsin, because there is one in Wisconsin. <laughs> I live true. in Brussels. In, yeah, I live in Brussels, Belgium. So the capital of Belgium. Uh, I live. I've been here since 2010. Um, so I moved here when I was 30. Uh, and uh, originally, I'm Croatian. I'm from Osijek, Croatia. So uh, um, yeah, that's why the that's why the podcast is in Croatian language. Yeah. 
That's great. Uh, could, could you tell us a little bit about how you became a Green Bay Packers fan? Yeah, so basically the the two of my co-hosts uh, of the of the Crow Pack Crow podcast podcasts are from Split Croatia, uh, and they are uh, they've been Packers fans longer than me. Um, they have been telling me about some like amazing games that I have seen. For example, there was one Dallas Cowboys game uh, that was something that really stuck with them. I think season let's say 2016 2017 something mm-hmm. like that um and i really didn't pay much attention but um i did have uh some sport channel uh here in belgium where i had three nfl games a week so i couldn't choose like who i'm gonna watch right. uh and when the corona uh hit or somewhere around that time uh let's say uh early early 2020 I was really, you know, like everyone else stuck uh, in, in my apartment. There was nothing much to do. So then I started watching uh, a lot of these NFL games that I had, random ones that were that were given to me. And that's when I realized, so it was quite recent, I realized that this is really a super interesting sport. And um, I remember then that these guys were telling me about uh, uh this uh, uh, memorable Packers games and and uh, how they are Packers fans. And then I was like, uh, okay, if, if I like this sport, w- which team would I like? Uh, I didn't choose Packers because they told me they like Packers. I decided to be a Packers fan because it's the only team that has uh, uh, this kind of ownership structure that it has. And for uh, someone who grew up uh, on on European football or soccer, you would say this was very important for me. So uh, it was a no-brainer. I was like, if I'm going to watch football, uh, I'm going to be a Packer fan, and that's how it started. That's great. Could, could you tell us a little bit about what a typical Green Bay game that you're going to be able to watch looks like? Like, is it is it early morning, late night kind of situation? How do you get prepared for that? Yeah, so after after Corona started and uh, the 2019 season ended, then Corona started, 2020 season was preparing, looming. Then I was like, uh, okay, I'm going to get the NFL Game Pass International so I can choose what what I'm watching. So that that's what the, that's what the season that's that was the season when I really got into like caring about how Packers play. Um uh, the, what I can obviously most vividly remember from that season is the the loss in the in the NFC Championship game uh, against Tampa Bay. That was like devastating. Um, and for me, um, every game day of Packers um, looks differently because the timing is is, is so complicated sort of you know sure. so if it's if it's a noon game which was a rarity unfortunately and uh even this season it is not so there is a little bit more noon games but not so many if it's a noon game it's pretty easy to watch it because it's 7 p.m over here uh, the problem is that my kids i have kids that are two and a half so they're still awake uh, so sure. you need to find a way how to get them to bed quickly because I don't want them to watch uh, any TV. They're too small for that. So I'm always like jump, jumpy, very jumpy. I'm trying to get them to bed as soon as possible so I can watch the game. Then there is the 
10.25 p.m., which is 3.25 central time uh, slot, which is the best for me because then everyone is in bed. The kids are in bed. uh, My wife is in bed and I can watch everything in peace. Uh, You know, um, so I I love that time slot. It's really just me on the sofa, drinking beer, watching the game, uh, trying to persuade some friends of mine to watch with me. They never want to watch, so always end up being alone. And then there are night games like Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night. These are the most complicated, obviously, because it's in the middle of the night. There was one season when I watched all those games. That was 2021 season when my, uh, my children, I have twins, when they were very, very small and they couldn't sleep. So they oh, would... Sure. My son, I remember, for example, uh, I think it was second week, week two, probably, 2021 Monday night football uh, against San Francisco 49ers. So the, the away game. The kickoff is at 2.20 a.m. over here. My son woke up exactly at that moment, and he couldn't sleep. I had to rock him in a hammock for, for hours, and I watched the whole game. <laughs> uh, so basically, that was the 2021 season is when I really watched every single game, no matter when it was and how late it was live. That's great. Um, so you, you already touched on this a little bit, so we can we can move past it if, if you don't have anything to add. But could you tell us a little bit about your, your first Packers memory? Yeah, the, the most... Uh, you're right. Uh, we already spoke about it. The, the most vivid first memory is un- that that unfortunate loss uh, in the NFC Championship game 2020. That was really, I really felt broken. You know, my heart was broken. I was really upset, even though I have to say I was even more upset with the, with the 2021 uh, divisional round loss. Absolutely. So counter to that, what, what's your favorite Packers memory? Well, uh, it's it's funny to say because uh, uh, it's the game when in 2022 season everything went down the down the drain, but it's still my favorite Packer memory because I actually watched it live, and that's the London game. So Packers Giants season 2022 um, because I went there to London with my co-hosts and we got tickets and we were there on the stadium and the experience was absolutely fabulous. Uh, so that is by far my favorite memory, even though it had such an anti-climax because it was a very winnable game that, that, that we somehow lost. Then there was this Hail Mary in the end, completely unnecessary, the broken thumb, everything went down because, you know, we, we, uh, Packers went to London with a three, one record and everything sort of went down the drain, uh, after that end of that game, because you also have to take into account Packers had a nice lead in the halftime. So uh, I would still pick it as my favorite because uh, it was just unforgettable experience to see, to see, to see a game in person. Yeah. And, and that, that in-person experience is invaluable, even if the end result may be not exactly what, what you were hoping for. Um, so kind of, you know, flipping to this season, there's lots of changes coming. We know certainly all the big ones, uh, but what, what are you looking forward to the most about this upcoming 2023 season? Uh, well, I am, mostly looking forward to, I mean, I, I know it's going to sound horrible when I say it, but I'm, I'm looking forward to the fact that 
the team will play without uh, Aaron Rodgers. So I'm looking forward to the fact that he's gone, basically. I know that sounds brutal, but uh, I think uh, what what Aaron Negler said on, on the Monday episode of Packaday uh, is really holds true. His presence became a bit toxic, you know, and uh, we, again, as someone from Europe, who 40 plus, who grew up on, on uh, soccer, for us, every always the team is always bigger than any player, no matter how good the player is. Um, and I'm, I'm afraid that Rogers lately was becoming, trying to, especially after that 2020 draft, trying to become bigger than the team. And so I, I'm mostly looking forward to the fact that he's gone. But to be on a positive side as well, what I'm looking forward is uh, uh, the progress of, of players who are in the last year of their contract. You know, players like De Guara, uh, AJ Dillon, so the last year of their rookie contract, or Savage, who's on the fifth-year option. Uh, I mean, these are the guys who who could be out of the league if they don't perform well in the in the in the next season. Not just out of Packers, but literally out of the league. So, um, uh, so I think, especially the three that I mentioned, I'm I'm looking forward to some sort of explosion from them. Uh, I don't know. I don't have any objective reasons why uh, why i think that maybe some like uh, the guar i think he was in a dog house i think he will be much sure. better with jordan jordan love uh aj dylan didn't have such a good season last year so i think he needs to now especially with the running back market and how poor it is he really needs to have a good season um and savage i don't know uh and we really shouldn't expect much from him but on the other hand he had so many poor seasons already that you know <laughs> he just has to play well uh, if Joe Barry doesn't put him in a scheme that where he's uncomfortable but I just think that you know by just by a numbers game he's he's still a first round pick he still has a, a, a talent he's an athlete so I'm just kind of thinking that he needs to also play well sometimes you know and not always suck yeah. And, and I, I mean, I think that is a really, really interesting perspective, taking a look at those three players who, you know, came in kind of together and, and are uh, coming up against their free agency. And also, I mean, I'm with you on, on the Aaron Rodgers transition to Jordan Love. I think there's a, a segment of the fan base that's really excited about a fresh start, but that takes a certain perspective. And it's really interesting to hear you talking about, um, you know, European football and and sort of the stages that clubs go through in their transition of of players, um, and and how that relates to you as a fan. Um, I, I I think that's fascinating. It's a really cool perspective. Totally with you on that. Um, one one final question for you: If if you could make one change that would enhance or or affect the NFL experience for international fans, what would that be? Yeah, uh, I mean the answer is quite obvious, but it's also very unlikely, very unrealistic. Especially if you look at uh, the fragmentation of the of the TV market and how TV deals expires, and more and more platforms are replacing them. Uh, so uh, I'm afraid that the fra- this fragmentation would lead to even less uh, time slots of games uh, fixed in one place. Um, so we will have even more 
Thursday night football, Monday night football, this night football, that night football. And that, that is all extremely complicated for us to watch. So uh, the more games you put in the noon window and the 325 window, the better for us. But I'm uh, so that that's something I would change. I would really reduce the number of these other games. I understand there needs to be Sunday night football. Um, that's perfectly understandable. But Monday night football, Thursday night football, I would get rid of, um, and uh, um, uh, and uh, and try to concentrate the games in the their original Sunday slots. But again, I said as I said now with the. Who, who has the Thursday window already? Amazon, I think, or yeah. yeah. So, uh, and probably more and more of these streaming platforms will get involved and, and less classic traditional TV networks will be involved. Uh, so I, I'm afraid there will be even more new time slots. And uh, uh, and my wish uh, for improvement is, is very unrealistic. Yeah, I, I, as somebody who grew up in the 90s watching NFL football, and it was incredibly rare for the Packers not to be on noon. Um, and and it, it made it more special as well, in addition to, I think, just being friendlier for the majority of fans, but where the NFL feels like they can make as much money as possible. I assume they will continue to do so as exactly. the uh, interesting organization that they are. Exactly. I mean, it's uh, there are 32 owners and 31 are looking for profit. So, yeah, it is what it is. Absolutely. So I just wanted to say a huge thank you for your time. Uh, Can you let the listeners know where they can find you and and follow your your content? Sure, sure. Thanks for for letting me uh, plug in a little bit. So Currently, the Crow Pack Crow podcast is on a hiatus, but we will start uh, as soon as we get close to the to the new season again. Uh, so you can listen to Crow Pack Crow podcasts uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. You might be, you know, there is a huge Croatian diaspora in the US. Maybe you like football, maybe you like Packers, and maybe you want to improve your creation. So then uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good thing to listen to us. Um, uh, then, of course, all the European fans who understand Croatian, I also invite you to listen to us. And uh, we also write uh, stuff on Twitter uh, at our handle, Crow Pack Crow, uh, which is Packers-related content. And uh, yeah, the podcast is not an NFL podcast. There are many other N- NFL general podcasts in Croatian, but ours is different. It's really only about Packers. That's great. Yeah. So I really appreciate your time. Um, I I think this has been fascinating. We had a lot of interest. So uh, we will be returning next week with the second part of uh, this this series. And so um, just just again, a huge thank you for your time. Um, But that is all the time that we have for today has been the Packity Podcast. A huge thank you to all of our guests who joined this week. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney. And also check out Pax What She Said. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and consider giving us five-star rating. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every Friday. And next week, we'll be back with a review of, believe it or not, training camp day two. And uh, also, we will have the second part of our International Packers fan series. So that's going to be chock full. Uh, Hope you enjoyed this as much as I have. But thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Go, hey, go!